0: Welcome to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast, or should I say the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former University of Cincinnati basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. I was teammates with Kenyon Martin, Kmart, one of the GOATs for sure, Mel Levitt, the helicopter, remember that dunk versus Duke? Steve Logan, the Bulldog. Ruben Patterson, the Kobe Stopper. If you don't know about that, do your research. Bobby Brannon, Baywatch Bobby, the Free Throw King. I go on and on. But most importantly, I played during the time of the brand Jordan unis. The iconic Jordan uniforms with the blocks down the side, the Jordan shoes. Man, those are some good times. Let me tell you a story. In 1999, my last season, I had a senior exit meeting with Coach Bob Huggins. And um, and we're sitting down, and Coach was giving advice on next steps and was telling me, hey, one thing you should consider is to go into coaching, working with young people, staying involved with basketball. So I said, you know, thanks, Coach. I, I appreciate it. I'll-, I'll definitely look into that. And... Coach Huggins said, but I need you to do me a favor. I need you to make sure that you stay close to the University of Cincinnati's basketball program. I need you to make sure you come around practice, get to know all the guys. I've been around the program since 1999, my senior year, getting to know every single player, going to practices once a week. I'm a season ticket holder with my father. I love Bearcat basketball. I love Bearcat sports, but specifically Bearcat basketball, which leads me to doing this Bearcat basketball specific podcast. You know, I want to give the Bearcat fans some insight from my perspective, a former player, um a guy that's knowledgeable of the game of basketball. Some some people tell you I'm not, but I think I'm decently knowledgeable of the game of basketball and most importantly I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Bearcat fan. So, let's get this on and popping like school shopping, as they say. And let's get into this podcast now. Here are the details. I'll be releasing a new podcast once a week for the entire season of Bearcat basketball. And my goal is to have on a guest as much as possible once a week, if possible. Uh, former players, uh, former coaches. And I'd like to probably do something a little unique and. Tap into Twitter and, and find those diehard loyal UC fans, and maybe get some of those fans on the podcast and find out, you know, what they want to talk about, who who they want me to interview. I wish we could have started this podcast earlier and, and during the you know start of the Bearcat season, but um, you know, there are a lot of things you have to go through. You have to go through the po- proper clearance and and talk to the powers to be to make sure that everything's okay to to do that. And uh, hey, we're here now. So here's what we're going to cover in this podcast, okay? We'll talk about thoughts on the team to this point, three games into the season. What to expect when the team heads to the Virgin Islands for the tournament starting uh, this Friday. I'm going to give some individual breakdown on, on certain players and my thoughts on to them, th- thoughts about them to this point. Um, every week I will have my Bearcat Beast of the Week award, which I'll give to a player that I think is you know, doing great things on the court, being a beast, And I I, I think I just need to jump right into it. I want to start with the hottest topic surrounding Bearcat basketball. And the question is, what's up with Jaron Cumberland? I'm seeing that on Twitter. I'm hearing that from everyone. I go to Kroger. I'm I'm, I'm at UDF. I'm at Skyline. What's up with Jaron Cumberland? Jaron Cumberland did not play in the game versus Alabama a&M. And fans and social media went crazy and many, many people began to speculate as far as what's going on with Jaron Cumberland. Now, let's put the microscope on this situation. We really need to break this down. Jaron was recruited by and played three years under Mick Cronin. Coach Brandon is hired and he runs a completely different style and a completely different system. Jaron doesn't get much time in the preseason to work out with the team, to you know, kind of vibe with Coach Brandon due to the foot injury. So basically they're gelling as best player and coach on the fly. Now I'm not totally sure on the reason why Jaron was benched and he, and he didn't play. I, I don't know what went down. As close as I am to the program and know all the kids, know Jaron really well and know Coach Brandon extremely well, I don't know what the situation is. and In fact, I don't, I don't really care. I care about whatever it is, it getting solved. I can tell you this. Jaron Cumberland is a very good kid. He's a very quiet kid. He has a good heart. He's not a selfish player. Yes, he shoots a lot. But he shoots a lot because he can score and he's the best player. But he also makes the right play. He passes the ball very well. And people have to remember that. So I was disappointed when social media went crazy on what their speculation was regarding Jaron. And, you know, he needs to get his head on straight. And he needs to stop being selfish and this and that. And some of those things that I saw, those attacks on Twitter, those are not Jaron Cumberland. Um, We, we, most people don't know the reason for Jaron Cumberland's benching. So we don't know what he did. When I played for Huggins, he benched some of the best players, and at the end of the day, it helped our team. Pete Michael was benched at one point. For those that remember Pete Michael, and he was one of our best player, great defender. Um, you know, Kenyon Martin, you know, he would get on Kenyon all the time. So, who who knows? You know what the reasons were. Jaron also isn't in full game shape yet, folks. You know, he missed a whole offseason. I'm not even sure how many preseason workouts that he did. He's still working himself into game shape. You know, I'm watching the Ohio State game, and I said, you know, Jaron's in front of our eyes is getting in shape with the game. And he's still a great player. He scored 13 points the first game, 11 the second game. Uh, I believe he played 33 minutes um, against Ohio State, 18 versus Drake. And you know, I, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't some sort of issue there because he got benched. But that's for the head coach John Brandon and Jaron Cumberland to figure out. And it's not not uncommon for for coaches to bench their best player or good players. Like I said, Hugs did it. When I played for Huggins, the key is for the two of them to get things worked out as a team and as individuals and get back on track when they head to the Virgin Islands. All right, let's rewind the tape. Let's talk about the first three games that they played thus far. and and I I really want to dive into this because any good coach will tell you they break down an entire schedule there. So their, their team schedule, they break it down into many seasons. Good coaches do that. You can't look at an entire schedule as just one big piece. You have to set up many goals and then you reevaluate, you adjust. That's what good coaches do. So the first three games was kind of that first mini season. Okay, let's see where the Bearcats are, and then that second kind of that second mini season will be the Virgin Islands tournament, which I will talk about the expectations and, and what I hope for that tournament. But looking at the first three games, let's let's kind of dive into that. I mean, right out right out the shoot, you know, of course they played uh, Thomas Moore in the exhibition and um, you know won pretty easily, and then head to Ohio State, which is a tough game to play. And as we're we're seeing now, Ohio State's a really really good basketball team. Um, coach Holtman is an excellent coach, a, a very good program and culture builder. Um, and they've got extremely, extremely good kids and players at Ohio State. And, you know, we know the atmosphere there in Columbus is going to be tough. So it was a great challenge. We didn't shoot the ball very well. Uh, we missed some free throws. I think we didn't rebound the ball extremely well. And to think we still had chances. And I think with that Ohio State game, what, what we need to look at is we need to look at you know, those small pockets and windows of brilliance. And there were times, I mean, you think about the first, I don't know how many minutes, where Ohio State couldn't score. Coach Holtman said at halftime, we can't run any of our sets against this Bearcat basketball team. So he pretty much scrapped his entire offense and changed it up in the second half. That's what good coaches do. But... Credit to what Coach Brannon's doing and what he's doing defensively with this ball club. But I'm here to tell you, if a team shows up and they've got Cincinnati on the jersey and they've got red and black, they're going to be tough. They're going to play defense. That's just what UC basketball is about. I can guarantee you that. I was disappointed we didn't shoot the ball better. If we shoot the ball better, we win that basketball game. I think guys will shoot the basketball better as the season goes along. Um, there were some nerves. Um, I saw some guys nervous on the court. Um, I've been to plenty of practices. I was going once a week, and um, they definitely looked nervous. Some guys getting used to the system. Uh, legs not under them yet. Jaron Cumberland still still working his way into it. And I'm like, man, once they settle in, this team is going to be tough. So I, I took away that o- Ohio State game as – Man, there are a lot, a lot of positives here. So going into the Drake game, you know, I was looking at, you know, can we improve rebounding the basketball? That that was the one takeaway that I thought we really needed to work on from the Ohio State game was rebounding the basketball. Because I was a little worried about our bigs and you know, our bigs being athletic enough to work against some of the maybe more athletic big guys and getting rebounds against them. Um, that that's definitely was a concern I had after the Ohio State game. And I thought they did a good job of addressing that versus Duke. Uh, I'm sorry, against Duke. Against Drake. Um, the defense uh, I thought was good uh, versus Drake, closing out on shooters. Drake has plenty of shooters, they love to shoot that basketball, getting up 30. 30-plus three-pointers a game, and I I thought the Bearcats did a very, very good job uh, defensively and also uh, rebounded the ball better. And I was hoping going into the Alabama A&M game that based on the Ohio State and Drake game um, that the Bearcats would be able to get up early on Alabama A&M and really get some of the bench guys and the other guys some minutes and and see what they do. And this was the game that Jaron Cumberland has to sit out. And I'm thinking this is an opportunity for some other guys to step up. But um, I'm not sure what the reason was. I mean, at the end of the day, we're dealing with young people. And um, you you can't expect young people to be elite mentally and physically every single time they step on the basketball court or whatever field or whatever it is. I know know sometimes as fans we expect – college students to be elite mentally and physically every time they step on the court. But that's just not always the case. And that could have been part of the issue going against Alabama a and M. I I wish we could have played a little bit better. Um, But, you know, we started to figure it out in the second half. And, you know, I think we ended up winning by 32 or whatever it was. I thought we rebounded the ball extremely well with, I believe, 53 rebounds, something like that. Um, I was glad to see them kind of work through some things and and really put Alabama A and M away. But I was hoping we got some production or more production out of some of the guys off the bench. Which, if 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 I'm the coach, if I'm John Brannon, my goal after three games is to not only get the starters good minutes and get them acclimated to what's going on, but also get these bench guys involved and get them the minutes they need. Because when you head to the Virgin islands for that tournament, you're playing three games in four days, folks, you need your bench guys. You can't play five, six guys the entire time for three games in four days. Just doesn't work like that. So overall I thought the first part of this mini season the Ohio State Drake and Alabama A&M game um, I thought they did some really really good things I saw some some flashes of what could be of this Bearcat basketball team and with um, and, and I, I'm, I'm very hopeful and I, I really think that Jaron and Coach Brannon and the whole team will, will be on the same page at some point they've got to work through some things and that's the great thing about going to the Virgin islands, the timing of it, I think is really, really good. So let's, let's dive into that tournament and the expectation expectations. And I think this is a great test because the team is away from home. It's a great time to bond as players and coaches and Jerry Cumberland. Um, you go against Illinois state, which is, I think think's a team that, you know, they can put away. Of course, curse, uh, When you get into a game like that, you're away. The travel, everything that's going on, it's a little hectic when you first start, no matter who the opponent is. I think we can wear them down um, through the course of the game. I think we can go on and hopefully beat Illinois State and then play the winner of Bowling Green uh, versus Western Kentucky. And if we're fortunate enough, and I hope it matches up like this to where in the championship game, we play Nevada. The rematch. We are. Oh, Nevada. And I would love to see us beat Nevada. But in order for us to win three games in four days and be the champions, we've got to have bench production. I mean, without without bench production, um, it's going to be tough to win these games, which, which segues me into talking about, given, given my perspective and breakdown on some of the individual players on this year's team, let me start with Chris McNeil first. Um, I've been so impressed impressed with, with Chris McNeil because when I first met him, I was on campus and I saw him. He came up and introduced himself without, without me even going over to him. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know I used to play for the Bearcats. Came over, introduced himself. We talked for a while, had a great conversation. He looked me in the eyes and I said, and this kid's pretty sharp. And from that point... Until the Alabama A&M game, I've seen nothing but great leadership from Chris McNeil. And at the end of the day, when, when this season's over, I think we could look back at the success of this Bearcat basketball team and we can point to the leadership that Chris McNeil has shown. And if you know basketball and you know March Madness, you know how important leadership and guard play is. So we need Chris McNeil to be really good at that point. So they're going to be, I think, some great nights, um, some ups and downs, being the leader of the team and being the guard. And I just hope that when it comes March time, he's prepared. He's leading this basketball team, and he's confident. Jeremiah Davenport. I love Jeremiah. I've known Jeremiah since he was a little kid. Um, you won't find anybody that has more energy than jeremiah davenport he kind of reminds me of justin jackson from an energy standpoint and i think this kid over time is going to be i mean he's just going to be a star amongst the fans the kids um he really engages um with with young people the, the the crowd will love him he's he's that energy guy that this bearcat basketball team needs and it's good to see him you know, getting some minutes. I mean, he had knee surgery during the preseason, so he didn't get a full run of, of of what some of the other players did. Just imagine if he did get that full run of workouts. We might be looking at a little different situation for Jeremiah with maybe some more minutes. But he's a kid that, you know, whatever he does this season is great, but I think over time you're talking about um, a, a kid that puts on the Bearcat uniform that fans are going to love just because. He brings so much energy. He loves, he loves to play the game of basketball. Keith Williams, uh, one of the most athletic guys that UC's had in a long time. Keith Williams is that player we need who, when when things get tough, he's athletic enough to break you down. He can get to the rim. And when we're making a run, let's say we've made a 4-0 run against Wichita State, and we're at home, Keith gets a breakaway. Boom, he takes off and dunks it on somebody's head. The crowd goes crazy, and then our lead just stretches out. Keith has the ability to do that, and you need players like that. I mean, Melvin Levitt had those capabilities to where we were in games and and Melvin would do something so athletic, it it just changed the momentum of the game. It gave us that next level of energy. Um, Keith Williams, I think, has played – I think he's played pretty well thus far, and I think this system that Coach Brandon has in place is really, really going to help Keith Williams excel as a basketball player. Uh, Micah Adams-Woods, I, I, this kid right here, he's, he's so quick from baseline to baseline. He really pushes that basketball, puts pressure on the defense. I love that. Um, obviously, he's a freshman. He's young. He's got a long way to go as far as learning um, how to play the game at the college level. You can be a great high school basketball player, but to get to the college level and the understanding of all the dynamics of being the guy with the ball in your hand, running the show um, it takes a lot and he's going to be good at that, but it's going to take some time. So um, I'm excited about his potential. Um, I'm not sure how much he can contribute right away. Um, His speed is a game changer, how fast he gets from baseline to baseline. He could help out in certain situations, but um, he's another kid over time. He's going to be a fun Bearcat to watch. <clears throat> Trevor Moore, my guy T. Um, I think this this system helps him. Um, he came here as a shooter. Mick Cronin said that was the best shooter he's ever recruited. And to this point, he's really not shown that. Um, I think it's been a little bit of a lack of confidence Um, And I believe his confidence is here now. I had a conversation with him in the preseason. We sat down and talked. He's ready. He's ready for this year. Um, I know he had an injury early on uh, with the Achilles. Uh, I believe it was like maybe a partially torn um, Achilles. But here's the thing. The injury is one piece. But mentally, Trevor's in the right place. And I I loved the conversation I had with him. And if he can knock down shots and stretch that defense, man. Watch out. Now, I want to go on to my guy, Trey Scott. Um, big fan of Trey Scott. Um, he does a lot for this basketball team. Um, Trey is not only a leader, like in practice, practices I've been to. He gets on guys. He tells them, you're not you're not going hard enough. You need to step it up. He's that vocal leader that this basketball team needs. Um, he's a senior. He's a red shirt senior. He's been around for a long time, and he can help lead some of these younger guys. Um, as I said, we could look back and say Chris McNeil could be the MVP of this team when it's all said and done, but Trey Scott is probably going to be the most important player on this team for the the leadership that he brings, the veteranship that he brings to this basketball team. And he could rebound the basketball. Mamadou, everybody's favorite Mamadou. What a great personality. What a, what a great kid. Um, just a lovable, lovable guy. A uh, shirt sophomore who's, who's, I mean, he's just got such a high ceiling. And the one thing with Mamadou is still learning the game of basketball. You know, you see this raw talent, you know, 6'9, 220, can do a lot of things. No doubt. What needs to happen, he needs to continue to grow mentally on the basketball court and understanding where he needs to be, where he needs to go. And I think he'll excel under Coach Brandon's leadership. And, and when it's all said and done, when he's a senior, I think he's going to be, he could be a pro. I know some people might, might turn their heads at me on that because of where he's at right now. I mean, 6'9", can shoot the basketball. He, he can do a lot of different things. He's, he's really a coachable kid. He works hard. Sky's the limit. He's only a sophomore. Javen Cumberland, one of the best shooters um, I, I've seen put on the red and black in a while. Uh, he reminds me of, I'm going to do a throwback. I might, I might lose some of my young folks here, but reminds me of LaZell Durden. And LaZell Durden, one of my favorite Bearcat shooters of all time. Um, you know, when 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 LaZell shot the basketball, you, you might as well just run down the court. It's going in. I feel like that when Javen shoots the basketball. I mean, what a pure stroke. He never seems rushed. I mean, he's got great touch around the basket, Javen is 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 going to be fun to watch and once he kind of settles in with this system and understands his role, I know he's come off the bench the first two games. He started versus Alabama and M because of Jaren, but once he understands his role and his role starts to um pick up, get even bigger, watch out. Javen could be the leading scorer every single game with his ability to shoot the basketball. Uh Zach Harvey. Uh Zach Harvey Uh, He's come in with a lot of hype, freshman. Um, You know, he was, uh, I believe, a little sick uh, during the start of the season, so he was a little bit behind. um, And he hasn't probably gotten as much time as Bearcat fans would hope, but I think he's learning. And I had a conversation with him at the beginning of the season, and he talked about just learning and understanding uh, the college system. There's a lot to figure out. I mean, these kids have to go to class, they've got lifting, they've got study table. Film session. There's a lot that goes into that. You know, in in high school, you get a little glimpse of that. But when you get to the college level, it's times two. And it takes some time to adjust to it. And I think Zach's going through that adjustment period. If you watch him play, there's no doubt Zach Harvey can play. It's just a matter of him believing he can play and understanding the system. It's going to take him some time. <clears throat> um... Big Chris, Big Chris in the middle. Um, big Chris is going to be good. Um, he's a big boy, 7'1", uh, 260, something like that. Strong kid, um, and he just needs he just needs more reps, more times uh, catching the ball in the post, getting the ball thrown to him, and his and his teammates telling him go score, go score. I, I, I really like Chris. I, I think over time. You know, fans will be excited about Chris because really the knock early in the season amongst a lot of Bearcat fans was we might not have great post presence. And I say, you know what? Give Chris some time. I, I, I think he's going to improve a lot. And, you know, and, and, and I hate to I hate to talk about next year, but just imagine him with, you know, another year under his belt and what he could be next year. Big uh, Big J. Uh, another big center, Sarola. Um, you know, Jay brings a couple things. He's a grad student, um, seven feet, another 260. Uh, big guy. Um, he's another guy I think he can come in and spell, and spell Chris when Chris gets tired. Um, he, he's not going to give you a lot offensively, and I, I don't think anybody expects him to, you know, be a big offensive threat throughout this season. But I think the one thing that Jay could bring, he's, he's an experienced guy, Um, bring some toughness down low if he can play solid post defense and get some rebounds he's done his job and he's helped this Bearcat basketball team Um, last but not least of the primary players Jaron Cumberland Um, obviously Jaron being one of the best players in the country being the Bearcats best player uh, returning senior Um, I'm I'm still excited for Jaron I think Jaron's gonna have a great season once once they figure out the offense, which you know Coach Brandon was saying is still only 30% in, I mean, just imagine when the guys start figuring this out. Jaron figures out where his shots are going to be. Um, and, and it all works out to where we know who the best player is. We know who the second best player is. And that's how systems work. And right now, um, a lot of guys are getting a lot of points and a lot of minutes but once that's figured out and and, and Jaron sticks with it and trusts in it, uh, he's going to excel. And once again, he'll be one of the leading scorers in the country, the leading scorer for the Bearcat basketball team. And at the end of the day, I hope he leads this Bearcat basketball team really far come March. Um, and of course, you know, I've got love for the walk-ons. My guy Sam Martin, i got a new kid, Adam Cook, Rob Banks um john because all, all those guys all those walk-ons you know i love them and and my hope is the Bearcats, you know blow everybody out and the walk-ons get in the game and score um i was once in that position as a walk-on so and i, I and those walk-ons are, are are great kids by the way love them so let me get into my uh, weekly award which is uh the beast of the week i'm going to give that to big chris uh, I thought Big Chris played uh, really well versus Alabama AM. and He had a double-double, 10 rebounds, 18 points, and you can just slowly see him getting better. Um, so I want to give him that Beast of the Week award. Now, now, my hope is every week it's a different guy, which means different guys are contributing at a high level. It doesn't always have to be the Beast of the Week award goes to the the best score it could be somebody that's playing lockup defense or or is leading the team in defensive rebounds. So, you know, all those things that help us win basketball games. So I I, I want to leave everyone on this. Here's what you have to remember. When you look at a full season, we break it down into mini seasons, okay? And we're at the we're kind of in that second mini season. The goal is for this basketball team to be ready. Come March to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And based on the players they have, Coach Brandon's system, and the schedule they have, I think this team will shock some people come March. I'm going to say that again. I think this Bearcat basketball team shocks people come March. I have that much confidence in Coach Brandon's system, these players and what they can accomplish with this schedule. Now, they are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be games where you go, what is this Bearcat basketball team doing? There will be games where there's this brilliance, and you're like, sky's the limit. There will be ups and downs. But the key is that last run at the end of the season, this basketball team have confidence. Leadership from Chris McNeil, Trevor Moore, Jaron, Shaving, knocking down shots, us playing high-level defense. This team's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy out in NCAA tournament. He had a lot of fun here. I'm going to keep these podcasts to about 30 minutes, um, except when we get to the Crosstown shootout December 7th. That's going to be a little bit longer podcast. But next podcast I hope to have in uh, a former player. Matter of fact, I will have in a former player uh, next podcast. I already talked to him. I'll keep that. Uh, secret until then. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Now, I'm going to release a new episode every week for Bearcat fans. I need your feedback. I want you to tweet at me. I want to know show topics, former players you want me to bring in. Let's have some fun with this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Alex underscore M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Appreciate everybody listening. Go Bearcats!